powerful that Pastor Scott prayed about so strongly about freedom. And really, the 6 p.m. service, we are expanding a little bit on what we are learning uh, and the journey that we're going on in the keys to freedom. So keys are being unlocked. Um, And last week, you would have heard from Pastor Andrew about renewing the mind, about doing something about the way we think, the adjustments that are needed, the control that needs to be placed back in the arms of Jesus Christ. So we continue the journey. Let's play um, clip number one, please. You can just see a group of people hustle and bustle. They're rushing around their daily lives, just trying to get on to do things. Busy. Busy. Rushing. Yet so many, if not all, are carrying burdens they cannot bear. Perhaps they're out of control of their thoughts. Perhaps they're rehearsing pains and hurts over and over and over again as they rush about life. And when is it going to stop? The pains and the hurts take us to a place of needing to forgive in order to be truly free. So this evening, we think about that hustle and that bustle. But we take time out to look more closely on what can be one of the most overwhelming areas in the Christian walk. Choosing to forgive. How many of you have heard that forgiveness is a choice? No, it's not fair. They get off scot-free. Forgiveness is a choice. And I'm going to show it to you from the Bible tonight. Thank you for that clip. In the Gospel of St. Luke, uh, chapter 23, verse 34, hallelujah. Verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. He's on the cross, isn't he? He's dying. He's not just dying, but he's been beaten. He's been pierced. He suffered terribly, the most awful beatings any human being could ever imagine. And still he's able to cry out to God, not for himself, but for the next person, for others. Forgive them. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. So... We who are born again, that means we believed and we accepted Jesus Christ into our hearts. We are forgiven. He paid the price on the cross. He died and he rose, paying for our sins, paying for our burdens, paying for our griefs, paying for our sorrows, paying 
paying for our pains, paying for our disappointments. And we've had a few in life now. But we who are born again, we who believe and accept that Jesus Christ is our Lord and is our Savior and is the Son of God, and that we're forgiven, it means we can walk in the forgiving grace of Jesus Christ throughout our earthly journey. We know we've been forgiven and we can walk that way. And if you are listening tonight online, if you're in here and you don't know if you're born again, I'll be talking a little bit about that toward the end of the service. Because some of you may come here this evening just to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Do you know how many people sit in church and think that they're born again and they're not because they didn't know what it took to be born again? So we'll give that opportunity this evening. But so, Jesus forgave, and then he compels us to do the same thing. Let's turn to the book of Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 14. Just going to read a little bit of the Lord's Prayer, aren't we? I was told after this, it's not called the Lord's Prayer, it's our prayer. It's the prayer that God gave to the disciples. <laughs> Why do we call it the Lord's Prayer? Anyway, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 14. In this manner, therefore, pray. And it's true, the disciples wanted to know how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, not ours, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14, we go on. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. It's quite clear there, isn't it? If you're born again, if you're born again, it's quite clear that Jesus is, as an example to his disciples, teaching them that they have to forgive. So it's not a it'd be nice to do. It's, it's a command, isn't it? That, that we have to do it. In the Bible helps, I was looking at verse 14, if you forgive, if. The Greek term, which I won't pronounce the word, means forgive, is found in various forms in the New Testament 140 times. Woo! It sometimes means to let go, to leave something behind, to dismiss and to cancel a debt. And it is used for the forgiveness of sins by God. The implication is that guilt is cancelled. How many of you have been plagued with guilt in your life? Christ went to the cross and he cancelled it. But verse 15 in the Bible helps that I was using. It says, if you do not forgive, Jesus teaches that there should be no compromise in our readiness or willingness to forgive the offences of others. No compromise. Holding on to unforgiveness is a sin. 
Because of the bitterness and destruction it can bring in one's own spirit and because it fails to reflect God's character in our lives. It actually doesn't sound very fair, does it? It actually, make, the way that this is written makes it sound like you just better do it and it's easy. Is it easy to do? How many of you find forgiveness easy? Put your hands up, let me see. One or two of you. Yeah, it is called a sin because it leads to bitterness and destruction at, at its depth. If we refuse to forgive others, Christ will not forgive us, the scripture said simply, nor will he answer our prayers because we choose to hold on to sin. And it's an important principle because God uses it as a measure for forgiving us. Well, the work that he did on the cross was complete and it was finished, but yet it seems like there's work for us to do still. But there are depths and degrees of pain that have to be let go of. So it's not saying that the act of forgiveness shouldn't be done. It's just saying that for some people, it will be harder, and for some people it will take longer because there are depths of disappointment and depths of pain that have to be submitted to God. Jesus is asking us to model our forgiveness of others on the way God has forgiven us. The Bible talks about the fact that he puts our sins in his sea of forgetfulness, doesn't it? And Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 22. Matthew 18, verses 21 to 22 says, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall I... Uh, my brother's, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Well, that sounds like a lot of offense going on and a lot of forgiveness that's needed, but Peter asked the question because he wants to understand forgiveness. He wants to understand, what are you asking of me, Christ? So why do we struggle to forgive? What triggers the necessity of forgiveness in the first place, which I touched on earlier? Hurt, pain, disappointment, where there are many debts. There are some things, I won't name them, but some people have been through some serious traumas in their lives. And yet God would ask them, release release it, let it go, serious traumas. Others have been through one or two little things. Oh, I don't want to talk about myself tonight, Lord, but you're making me do it anyway. Look, when I was, um, before I was born again, I was quite a happy-go-lucky girl, you know. The world was at my feet, you know. When you're young, everything is before you. And I enjoyed life a bit, although I got born again when I was 21, so I didn't enjoy life for that long. But there was a part of me, well, I didn't, there was a part of me that I wanted my own way all the time. So if I didn't get my own way, I didn't know about this, obviously, until I got born again, so please, you know, point the finger away from me. If I didn't get my own way, I was a big sulker. 
really ugly if I didn't get my own way. And it wasn't that the thing was necessarily deep. It's just that I didn't get my own way. And so I used to sulk. God had to heal me of the root of it. And our Keys to Freedom, Freedom course is going to roots of behaviors, roots of things. But the triggers that come necessitate our need to forgive. So we have to choose it. We don't have a choice if we're serving God. Put the second clip on for me, because what's the result of hurts and pains and disappointments? The result is a shattered heart, isn't it? When people are hurting, their hearts are broken, and hearts need to be healed. How can they be healed? when we're in so much pain? How can we give up pain? When, when we are in pain, we react differently. And one of the things that I heard when I was sitting down there is that many people who suffer with mental illness, do you hear what I said, many, not all, many people who suffer with mental illness, it's as a direct result of unforgiveness. And so some of us think that we would never get there, but do you know how it can pile up? From a broken heart. And I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to be free. I'm not going to choose freedom. Because if I choose freedom, it means I have to let it go, and I'm not going to let it go. It, it can lead to mental illness. But people react differently. Some will bury themselves in the pain and hold on to it for many years. In fact, it becomes a reason why that person exists. So the pain is the reason that they live every day. And if they don't get up and react to that pain, acknowledge that pain, and allow that pain to control them, life isn't even worth living for them. So it drives behaviors. And we, we heard about the tree a few weeks ago where at the root, things are happening, and then the fruit we bear are the behaviors which are not so nice. So some people react by burying themselves in the pain and owning it. Let's put uh, clip number three on, please. Hallelujah. Some people, they become imprisoned by pain. Like this lady, she's just looking through the raindrops, sitting behind a window there. And, and they can't see a way out. You can be blocked by pain and feel nothing for a long time. And then you can't see how am I going to get past this? How am I going to get through this? Let's put clip number four, please. Thank you. The technical team are doing a great job tonight. That's the tunnel. Yeah, this is the one. Others feel like life is a spiraling tunnel. There's no stopping. There's no relief. There's only torment. It just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. I'm sitting behind the window. It's raining. 
And while it's raining, everything is going on around and around and around in my head. And it never stops. So those are some of the reactions to pain and undealt with forgiveness. In fact, when, when we don't act upon it quickly, every negative thing attaches itself to what's already a wound. So we can have one hurt and we don't do anything about it. So then we get another hurt and then we get disappointment and then we get fear. And, and as we don't deal with them, they begin to pile up and form us on the inside in ways that God did not plan. We become formed on the inside. Have a look at clip number five, please. So those things become a knot inside of us and we can't get free. Some of us are aware of what the things are, but now it's too late because we've allowed them to pile up and we've not done anything about that. And we're going to talk about how you do the thing about it shortly. And so we're not free. We're tied up in a knot and we feel like that. Our sleep is lost at night. Um, in the daytime, that's all that's going around in our head. We can't function properly. Some of us are good at putting on a great persona that we're fine and we're so not fine. We're so not fine. We're tied up in a knot. We're not free. And as I said, one now becomes two things, and then three things, and then another, and then another, and then another, until they don't know where it started or how it could end. Put clip number six, please, for me, the spiral. So if you look at this picture, loads and loads and loads of knots, loads and loads of loads of issues, lots of pain, lots of disappointment, spiraling, 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 all twisted up. Where did it start? Where does it end? How can I get out? How can I break free from it? Don't want to break free from it. If I break free from it, will I be naked? If I break free from it, what's going to happen to me? If I break free from it, how am I going to feel? If I break free from it, so there's this push to not break free because it's been with me a long time and now there's so many many things. How on earth will I ever be free? I'll share something a little bit personal here again. Um, just about things piling up. i trying to remember the order. 2007. Yeah, so my friend died in 2007 and she was 43. I mentioned this on Wednesday. And um, for two years I, I kind of shut down on God and I didn't live. I, but I didn't realise. But I really wasn't. I was just empty. I was angry. Um, I began to fear. Because when you don't deal with pain, and when you don't deal with disappointment, and when you don't deal with, with, with stuff, it turns into more roots and more things. And I was fearful that I would also die at the age of 43. And... It was two years, I know, that I was kind of dead inside. And one day, somebody was preaching and talked about something that triggered, am I angry with God? And that's something we'll talk about. Are we allowed to be angry with God? Should I forgive God for what he did by taking her? I'm sorry if this touches anybody who's bereaved. I understand it's a very difficult area. But some of us will get tied up in it for, for, for way too long. Life is precious, I know. But 
It wasn't that I needed to forgive God. It's just that I was so disappointed and I needed to acknowledge my disappointment and my anger at the fact that my friend had gone at the age of 43. Fast forward, that's 2007 to 2010. Sorry, my family, I know we all know, but my sister died at the age of 43. That was really painful. But it wasn't the same as it had been in 2007 because I dealt with what uh, loss does, what pain does, what grief does, what disappointment does, and I knew where to lay the blame, and it wasn't with God. So had I not dealt with that, where would I be today? With two deaths at the same age, more fear kicking in, more anger, more... We've got to release. We've got to let things out and let them go. We've got to do it. Sometimes people that are older struggle more because they've been in the way of Jesus Christ for a long time. And so bringing that change can be difficult. But we who are born again, whether we're young, old, rich, poor, blah, 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 we've been given something by God in order to do this. So thank you so much for that spiral. But that's a deep picture of... It just gets matted up and never stops. And we want it to stop and we need it to stop. Amen? Amen. Last Wednesday, we looked at someone's story who needed to release a deep injustice against her. Um, And she had, uh, she'd held on to it for a a long time. Uh, What we learned was that the anger and the pain can become a comfort or a crutch, as I said. And she didn't want to let go of it. That was just who she was now and how she existed. She even made vows to herself, I'll never trust again. So she built walls around her so that she could protect herself. How many of us have done that? I'd never go back into education after what that teacher did to me. How on earth could I go to another interview and they treated me so badly and then I never have a job. What things trigger walls, vows that we make to destroy our own lives? That led to fear that God just is not enough. And that's a powerful thing. If we believe that God is not enough to heal us, to set us free, She also expressed that she discovered forgetting is not the same as forgiving. She can try to forget something, you can bury it, but it doesn't really work. Let's have clip number seven, please. So we end up with chains. We've got tissue, please. We end up with chains. And those chains. They're linked, they're locked, they're there, they're not broken. They're all our difficulties, all the things that we haven't let go of. And then there's still more pouring, thank you so much, onto the chains. There's still more pouring onto the chains. So the chains are becoming longer and longer, deeper and deeper, and yet there's still more being poured onto them. How can we break free? Final clip before our last. The burdens. 
So those chains, imagine, that's what we're doing all our lives. We come to church, we put on a great persona, because it's great to be in a happy place, and sometimes church can be a happy place, and if it's happy, I can pretend to everybody that I'm okay. And then I go home, and it's still there in my head. I go home, and nothing has changed. I go home, and the real me begins to come out again because I keep pulling the burdens that I won't let go of. Are any of you today held back and burdened? No one said that that to be Christ-like or to be like Christ is an easy thing to do because every day we have to make a choice. Either we're going to be like Claudette Hitchman, Mimi, or I'm going to be like Christ. I can take a situation and I can be Christ-like or I can be Claudette, which is better? Somebody said, Jesus Christ, you're very brave, but you're very right. Doing what he says costs us, for sure. But if we really want to live free on earth in Christ, we have to obey him. We haven't got a choice. We have to obey him. We have to. Yes, it doesn't seem fair, but we have to obey him. It's not the person that wronged you that stays bound It's the person that doesn't forgive because the unforgiveness keeps you bound, tied up. At first, forgiveness has to be chosen. It has to be decided upon. Then we trust that God will release the pain and that we can soon reap the benefits of releasing forgiveness. So I'm going to go through very quickly a few steps God gave us the power to forgive if we're born again. We have the power. We have the ability to forgive yesterday. Some of us, I know we've got difficult family situations and we think there's no way out. There's no way out. But God can reconcile. We have to obey him. We've got to submit the burdens Matthew 5, 44 says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How many of you get upset and then you don't pray for the person? That's the last thing you want to do. Some of us can get upset with institutions, hospitals that have let us down, councils. I used to have a grudge against my local council. I had to deal with it because they stole money from me, basically. I could have had a year's worth of benefits when I was unemployed. And they said, because I didn't know I was entitled to it, they weren't going to give it back to me. (laughs) I had to release forgiveness to them. (laughs) And then God prospered my hand. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. There is that key clue again. You know, in the Keys to Freedom book, it was talking about the work of an oyster. And the oyster, in order to form a precious pearl, has lots of obstructions and irritants and violations that go on. And if the oyster can get rid of those things, not a grain is left, an incredible pearl is formed. But if any destructive thing remains, the pearl is destroyed, Erosion and decay occurs, and the oyster is empty. That's a picture of our lives as we drag the burdens. Erosion, decay, 
erosion, decay. But I'm still trying to serve God. I'm still, you know, because I go to church on Sunday and everything's going to be all right because God's going to come through. But he says, you haven't obeyed me. You need to release this. You need to let that go. So that's power to forgive. We have the ability. The Lord also gives us strength to forgive ourselves. What do you mean we need to forgive ourselves? We do need to forgive ourselves. Oftentimes, we're actually harder on ourselves than we are on other people. We just are. And in the process of situations that are difficult, we have to look at ourselves as well and say, well, where did I go wrong? And then we need to take that to God and not just repent, but ask him to forgive us and then tell him, I forgive myself too. I I release forgiveness toward myself. If we understand the depths of God's forgiveness, then we will also forgive ourselves. We'll let ourselves off the hook so that we can do the same for other people. You know, the enemy cannot make unclean what God has made clean. So even if he tells you you're no good, you failed, you should have done this, you should have done that, God doesn't say that about you. God doesn't say that about you. So obstacles to forgiveness, and I just put a big ring around um, what I was going to say about these obstacles, which is the word repentance. Because the only thing that stops us from forgiving is the fact that we don't want to, we don't want to obey God. And we first have to repent that we don't want to obey God. Why should I do it? You know, anyway, let me not go there. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 as well. So there's a lot in the Bible about forgiveness and about us doing it. Ephesians 4, verse 32 says, and be kind to one another. It's easy to be kind to people you like, isn't it? But what about people you think you don't like? Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. So there it is again in Ephesians that we have to forgive one another the same way that Christ forgave us. So the power to forgive is given us by God's strength to forgive ourselves, let ourselves off the hook and deal with what I already touched on, which was if, we're, if we think we're offended with God, don't let the thief come and steal from you. But What's stopping us? We have to give up our right to justice. We have to give it up. Somebody owes me 10,000 pounds and they never paid me back. You may never get it back. But they're living free with your 10,000 pounds. And you are bound. You can't live, you can't move, you can't get blessings from God because you won't release it to him, to God. You've got to release it, no matter how big. Well, if I release it, I'm saying what happens is all right. It's okay for me to be treated like this. No, it's not. But God is the one who promises to follow your act of forgiveness with healing. I can't forget it, so how can I forgive it? In forgiving it and releasing it, God will bring you to a place where you don't remember it anymore. Well, I just don't feel like it. I've touched that one. I need so- the person needs to tell me sorry first. Do you know how many times I've waited for an apology and it never come? I had to deal with myself so that I could live on. I tackled somebody the other day and they said, well, I didn't know you needed an apology. They still didn't say sorry. So um, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, says, you intended to harm me, 
But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. The enemy will come with every situation before us to harm us. That's his intent. That's his intent. But God is the one who rescues us. And if we obey him, we save many lives by doing exactly what he says to do. Now, it's easy for Claudette to stand up here and talk about you've got to obey God and you've got to release forgiveness, etc., etc. And I remember, and I quoted it on Wednesday night, an old saying, one of the healing evangelists, or somebody used to say, when you're offended, don't nurse it. Don't curse it over and over and over. Don't rehearse it. It's staying in your mind morning, noon, and night, morning, noon, and night. Because you're looking for revenge. Give it to God and he will reverse it. Don't nurse it, don't curse it, don't rehearse it. Give it to God and he will reverse it. I just want to read the words of a song to you. And I don't take lightly how difficult it is to be the bigger person in a situation or how difficult it is to release a deep wrong that's been done. So, oh dear Lord. Um, when I was in my teens, I was subject to some things that were not very nice by men. When I got born again, I didn't know, I didn't remember them. Weren't big things, but they weren't nice. I didn't remember them, but there was a period of my life, I'm so open tonight, where I didn't feel like I wanted to live anymore. As I was being ministered to, what I was shown was that I needed to release those three acts done against me that I had no conscious of or consciousness of. When I released those acts, even though I was screaming at God, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't fair. Why am I the one that has to let it go? But I obeyed God. I obeyed him. Because he showed me. Release them. I don't know where they are today in the earth. I don't know what happened to their lives. But I, I obeyed him. And I share that to say, it's easy to stand up here and say, obey God and forgive and release something. But there are some deep things that you don't even want to remember. You don't even want to bring it up in your life. Yet God requires us to do it. There's, there's a song, that, the, the words to it just kept coming to me when I was sitting there. So I'm just going to read it quickly. Have you ever needed someone whose shoulder just to cry on, to ease the agony and find tranquility? The sweet and gentle touch that speaks of words of love and means so much. Good. Ordinary just won't do. I need someone, my lords. I need someone. That someone is you. 
a quest in order to find what lies in my heart, in my soul, in my mind. Sometimes serenity, sometimes there's misery. So many weaknesses and faults. I've got to learn to share the innermost and secret thoughts. Who am I going to unburden them to? Am I going to keep carrying them like that man, just dragging them because I don't want to release them? The ordinary person just won't do. Lord, I need someone. That someone is you. I need a special touch that will mean so very much. Close friends, they don't seem to understand problems in your life. They're so complex. You say, who can comprehend? Tragedy, when you need relief, only Jesus Christ can supply your needs. The ordinary just won't do. I need a love that's pure and true. I can always find it in you, Jesus. I can always find it in you, Jesus. I spoke earlier on to some of you who may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. And in order for you to have what we have, because if we haven't forgiven, at least we have the ability to forgive, the power to forgive, because we're born again by the Spirit of God, I want to give you an opportunity tonight. Because how can you truly forgive something if you don't have that spiritual authority to do it, if you don't have the Saviour as your Lord? Look at this picture of the cross, it's empty. Jesus took all our sins, our pains, our shame, our disappointments, our failures, our guilt at his death on the cross. He paid the price for all of those and more. And then he rose from the dead with power to forgive and set us free. He wants to adopt you, if you do not know him today, into your family, into his family. He wants to adopt you into his family today. He wants to clothe you with his righteousness so you can begin the journey that many of us have begun, a journey that will lead to freedom. So I want to give anybody in here or anybody online the opportunity to say, I want Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. I believe that he is the son of God, that he died and that he took away my burdens and gave me the ability to release the hurts and pains of my past forever, totally. So repeat this prayer after me. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I repent of my sins. I thank you that you went to the cross and you took my sins, you took my pains, you took my shame, you took my disappointments, you took my failures, you took my guilt, you paid for me and redeemed me. You brought me back to yourself. You adopted me into your family. I declare that you are the Lord of my life. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that that death was for me. And I want to be born again. Jesus become the Lord of my life. 
come into my heart and live in me forever and ever. Amen.